Winter has arrived. If not on the calendar, then at least on the thermometer. The season of gifts and parties and cards and cookies tugs at our time like an impatient toddler, unless you find a place where all is calm. The day is strangely quiet. The excess of Thanksgiving has subsided. All the leftovers have finally been consumed, and the important work of reclaiming a reasonable body shape has resumed. The sky is wintry gray, but with no promise of a first snowfall. Christmas is still three weeks away, so the hustle of Main Street is still manageable. Congress has given us precious little in the way of new progress, and I'm weary at shaking my head over the improbable rise of extremism. It's still two weeks until our son is married. Right now, there is a lull in the usual kinetic pace of December. This weekend features the annual Christmas at Luther concert, an astounding display of musical talent and voice and instrument. Thousands of people will visit the campus in order to be lifted up and amazed by sounds inspired by the heavens. The holiday lights on campus share a calming, comfortable glow in the night. Katie and I find ourselves slowly, intentionally being coaxed toward a mind and spirit of peace and centeredness. We anticipate this peacefulness each year, a hiatus from burdens, however temporary. We derive great hope from it. The man in the second row of the orchestra, first chair in, plays with emotion and passion to make one weep tears of joy. He is of the music. His playing enjoins that of the entire orchestra, a singular addition to a sweeping wave of sound. And in the back row of one choir, three young men stand shoulder to shoulder among the vocal crowd. Men of different ethnicities and backgrounds, raising their voices not in protest or hatred, but in harmonic integration. Their demands are a unified call for friendship and accord in a beautiful cry of protest. As always, the audience is one in its spellbound attention. We share many things on this evening, but most of all, we experience transformation. We are changed in this moment from distraction to focus, from anxiety to confidence. We find amazement in the polished skills of ones so young who just yesterday sought Santa's knee. Perhaps we are transported to an earlier time in our own lives when the flute rested gently within our own hands or the trumpet fanfared from our own powerful breaths. For the moment, we are transformed from the busyness of doing to the restfulness of simply listening, to the chimes of handbells, the commands of the organ and the roll of the timpani. And we are lifted upon the tones of angelic voices to a place quite different from where we live day to day. The journey is breathtaking, yet 
somehow reassuring. Every now and then, the house lights are brightened so that we all might join this exultant chorus. The gesture prevents us from falling too deeply into reverie and reminds us, or me, that I do not possess the voice of an angel. For others, though, it is the signal of connectedness with this exaltation, a call for kinship. We hear it in each other's voices. I sigh as the lights are dimmed once more, for I love the immersion. Two hours seems insufficient to fully relieve us of the pressures of our lives. Time passes so swiftly that when the house lights come on at the last, it's as though a brief sleep has been lifted and the music but a dream. But it has been as real as the clamor of life, only soothing. The transformation is complete from what is to what could be. The pace of the season will increase considerably over the following weeks. There are preparations to be made, a wedding to celebrate, families to be gathered, a birth to honor, and a new year in which to invest ourselves. For those of us fortunate enough to have retreated to the care of musical inspiration, it's a prospect full of promise once again.